I can't say anything I've done has been by myself. I'm yeah. definitely the visionary on the projects that I lead. But mm-hmm. I, just, I actually just did a head count like yesterday for like what I'm working on now. And like the grand team is like we're at like 17 people. So it's like nothing is just dolo. Correct. But you have you have to be able to go dolo to attract the people though. You know what I'm saying? Say that again for the people because that is so true. <laughs> you gotta be willing to go, but they're not gonna respect you if you're not willing to do it alone. You are now tuned in to the First Gems Podcast, a space where first-generation millennials discover, heal, and share their experiences. Join us as we explore culture, community, and the come up. In this episode, we talk to David Ume, a self-proclaimed Bayerian and serial entrepreneur currently living in Chicago. After gaining experience in the underground cannabis industry, David tapped into his business mind and launched his own venture, High Speed. High Speed was a juice delivery and cannabis startup that scaled to multiple cities across the U.S. and grossed $4 million over a few short years. Learn how David has continued to leverage his mindset, his creativity, and his identity as an Aruba man to find success in entrepreneurship. My name is David, but most, nice of David. My friends, most of my friends call me Ume. Everybody pretty much calls me Ume. Do you prefer being called Ume? Well, here's the thing. My dad named me David because he thought I would have an easier time in America. Mm-hmm. And tomato, tomato. I don't know. Everybody just called That's me Ume. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know if, if his point, if it worked or not, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Like, even starting with the name, too. I'm like, a lot of Nigerians, too, I noticed they use nicknames. Well, there's various reasons, but... And then I also have, like, other African friends who, like, refuse to use nicknames because they feel like they're conforming, so... My uncle, who live in L.A., his name is Onka, but when he got to L.A., he changed his name to Michael because he not thought that, at the time, the three most popping niggas in, in America were Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, and Mike, um, what other Michael? So he was like, I'm going to be Michael too. And he made people call him. He made oh Michael, you know what I'm saying? His name is Mike, you know what I'm saying? But that's not really his name. Oh. That's a fun fact for me. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> but you know what? A lot of Asian people do that too. Like, they be having like really, um, I guess, difficult looking to pronounce Asian names. And then when they come to America, they're like, oh, like call me Shelly or like, oh, call me oh, for real. Vince or something. I something. do notice that too. Yeah. I, and I'm like, I know that's not the name that you Yeah, know. yeah. America, it's safe to say America is powerful, yo. Like yeah. I, remember, um, I was asking my mom, it had to have been a month ago. Her birthday was on the 24th of April. Yeah. So I was talking to her around her birthday. Um, and like at this point in life, me and my mom and my dad, even though they're divorced, we'd be having like, I look at my parents as just like kind of like adult kids now. Like I don't look at them as like, just, I don't put them on a pedestal. I just look at them for who they are. Yeah. And I told my mom, I was like, yo, what, what made you come to America? You know what I'm saying? Like real, like seriously. And I could tell just when I asked her the question, she took herself down memory lane. And she was like, she's like, you know what? Like, and then I asked her too, I asked her some sneaky question too, because like we're at the age where we're dating and all that stuff, right? So I asked her, like, would you have really fucked with my dad if he wasn't like on his way to America? You know what I'm saying? Like, was he was that lit? Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Is that why you came? And she's yo, you know, she didn't deny. She was like, Yeah, he had he he had something going. So it was like it made sense. It, it had to make sense, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she said when she got here, she did feel like she got swindled. Like she said when she got when she touched down in like Oakland, Hayward, she was like what is this? Like she saw McDonald's. She saw McDonald's for the first time. She's like, what the hell is this? Like, just like, just like the whole everything. It wasn't what they dream about. Mm-hmm. They could have stayed in Nigeria for all of that. Wow. Ameri- Ameri- America was the place to be at the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. And to a lot of people still to this day, you know? Yeah, that's so true. That's so crazy that you bring that up too. Oh my God. Like, I'm wondering what, I mean, I'm I'm wondering what they what their expectations were that weren't met. Like, here's the, thing. Like- here's, the th- here's the thing about people too, right? Like, do people really care about like 
Yo, I hate to say it. I'm just going through a time right now where I'm learning a lot. So I got like, yeah, I love it. But like, people are like ants. Like, we don't like people just follow. You know what I'm saying? Like, one person does something, and the next thing you know, like, you see how stocks is going crazy right now, how everybody's like, think that they're a crypto billionaire. Everybody, right. <laughs> like, was it like <laughs> months ago? Like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Like, yo, everybody just, yo, we follow. People are monkey see, monkey do. Follow. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, don't cry. I'm like, Jada, follow the hype. I'm not even gonna lie. So this is not something that just happened like when yeah. Nigeria started coming to America. This has been, this is people since people have been people. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Sheep. It's sheep culture. Well, but if you, th- but when you think about it, it's because maybe they saw these people that came and they had like an immense amount of success. So they're like, oh, I want that for my family. So let me just, why, why try and like do something different if what they're doing is working? But I look at, but uh, that's a great question. What's your name again? Kalaria. Kalaria. How does your mom say your name? Valaria. <laughs> <laughs> well, to give insight, to give insight, um, Kalaria's mom is actually South African. And oh. her, yeah, her dad is Nigerian. Gotcha, you, gotcha, you, gotcha. You. Got, got the mixed race Nigerian swag going, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah mine and Jada's moms are American and our dads are Nigerian. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. So, so okay. To answer whose question, Kalaria's question. Yeah. What you say? Oh, they saw. Well, m- everybody's their own walking testimony, right? Mm-hmm. America mm-hmm. fake. America fake destroyed my family, low key. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. my parents got divorced after this American dream. You know what I'm saying? Like, ten years in the game. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I can't sit here and say that would have happened if they were living in Nigeria. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I know that what comes with America and the money and America is designed to, to and the mindset. The yeah, America, America is designed to destroy culture. Like, you know, we could go into it, but yeah. I, this is y'all podcast. So did you live in did you live in Abuba for a while or give us your little background? And- I don't know why, but I'm really just fascinated with Abuba. Like, it's just part of my identity. You know, yeah, I know that. Cause you gotta think about it. Like I grew up in the Bay, mm-hmm. and most of the most of my friends, people that I grew up with, like they're like people be like, "Hey, I'm going to my granny house." You know what I'm saying? I'm going to my uncle house. I'm going to my granny house. My granny, granny house. Yeah. Like, but our granny house was not, you know, right there. You feel me? So I had yeah. to understand that, and I had to realize my identity. So just as much as I belong in those spaces, like I also know that, like that you know i'm really from this place and i gotta like honor that and just that made it like my favorite language and made it i really care like about like what's going on like yeah my cousins be calling me and shit like that so part of my identity i love it too and a lot of a lot of people don't really take the initiative to to learn especially when they're so far away from you know their home country and like oh separated from their culture a little bit um, so that's really interesting that you took the initiative to like be diligent and learn and immerse yourself in your culture, even if you weren't, you know, placed in Nigeria. Um, be surprised. Nigerians be surprised, like especially the Uber drivers. They'd be like, because like my name on Uber is Chief. Long story. Yeah. I, got, I got banned from Uber a few years ago. And um, so I had to make like a fake name for my new. Uber yeah. Oh, my goodness. So like when they say Chief, like it's weird in Chicago, it's a lot of Nigerian Uber drivers. Hell really? Hella, Ni- yeah. well, Chicago got a big Nigerian. They got a whole, they got a whole section uptown called Rogers Park where all the Nigerians live. It's a lot of Nigerians on the south side too, but it's like a whole area. Yeah. And um, when I get in the car, they be like, "Are you chief?" <laughs> I'll be like, I'll be like, I'll be like, yeah. And then they be like, "Where are you from?" I'm like, why are you asking? Where are you from? And they be like. I'm like, they're like, are you Nigeria? I'm like, I mean, then I, then I hit them with the Nassau. Then they be like, I knew how to be cheap. Then they be tripping every time. So it's just like, it's, it's hella funny. I don't know why I said that, why I brought that up. But but yeah, this shit's hella funny. Oh my God. That's oh yeah, they'd be surprised. They'd be surprised. They'd be so surprised that. Yeah, because um, you're young and you, yeah. yeah. And you're so knowledgeable of your culture and things like that. Talk about too, like, how do you go about finding this information? Because a lot of times when I've, try to do research on like Abuba and like ancient Igbo culture. Like a lot of those things are not available on the internet. And it's, isn't that crazy? Because even like now where anything that we can think to 
look up or search, we just know like, oh, it's somewhere on the internet or I'll find plenty of information on the internet, like as it relates to our daily lives, living in America, all of those things. But all of that ancient like African history, obviously there's a reason why, but like all of that information is still not readily available. So like we still have to rely on like story. We, we, we come from a very like oral culture, like a lot of things yeah. passed down, like they love telling stories. And like even like in black America, you could tell like, you know, we like telling stories like we are the best storytellers. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of the culture that we come from. So that's why a lot of stuff isn't written down. Um I think I think you can you can go down a whole rabbit hole with conspiracy theories as to like how shit is like stolen from us and then remixed and then pitched back to us and stuff like that. But yeah, we come from a very oral culture. And it, it came from me like getting mad at my mom sometimes, like, yeah. why you didn't tell me about this going on? And then after a few times she realized that I'm like legit pissed, she like go out of her way to like fill me in on stuff. And then like my dad, when me and him get into arguments and stuff he always want to use like a parable or a story or like, oh. tell me, you know, like this is, you know, like he always want to use some type of metaphor or something. And then so when we're not arguing, that opens the door for me to just like ask him questions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not a lot of stuff online, to be honest with you. And the history isn't all that pretty either. Maybe it's a good thing it's not online. I know. I could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> On the next episode. Of- <laughs> um, okay, Chief. So I'm just loving this conversation so far. I wanted you to talk a little bit more about where you came from because you, you're a self-proclaimed Bajerian. Um, but you did talk a little bit about how that influenced some of the stuff that you got into. So how did you start off with some of the businesses that you are currently working on? Like, just talk to us about the industry that you represent. The Bay is super diverse. Mm-hmm. And when I think about my childhood, there was Asians, there was Black people, there was, Me- I grew up in basically a Mexican neighborhood. Right. I played, California, uh, yeah. I played soccer. I was one of the few Black kids playing soccer with all the Mexicans. So I always consider myself like fake Mexican. Um, and then there were a lot of Asians. I know my parents really like Chinese food, not only because it was like readily available, but I think like we just come from a rice eating culture, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I knew a lot of Asian kids. There was this girl named V who used to take us to school every day. Her mom did. And then I remember preschool, Mama Mary, she was like my first like, she was like our first like teacher, I guess, if you count preschool as school. She was black. So then I had like a lot of like black kids in my upbringing as well. But then I always knew that we were like fake different. And um, that just came from like, if you look at it in a grand scheme, like our parents were kind of squares to the American culture. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really, they just didn't really know like all the tips and tricks and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um but it's like also superpower too, because it's like in, in our house, our insulated culture was like its own world in itself. So I just knew that there was that difference. But so like I'm, I was, I'm really from the Bay, but I'm also like super Nigerian. And I didn't make up that term to like, like I think I was in college, but it made sense. And I left the Bay right after high school. There was this girl in my class who told me about like black college tour. She was like, yo, Ume, you should apply to like Howard or Hampton. That shit was lit. Like, you're going to love it. Blah, 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 blah. So I applied to Hampton. And that was the first school that I that accepted me. So I think that's just like where I decided to go. And I was like all the way in Virginia. So then just being that, not just Cali kid in Virginia, but being that kid from the Bay, right? Because people outside mm-hmm. of California think that California is just L.A., like yeah. they just think California is LA so like that also reinstilled just being from the Bay and I always think that people from the Bay are like a little sharper than people from LA so I just really like like that so what elaborate please I mean you want to bring it to like 2021 level like Saweetie's from the Bay I think she's like literally 
She's not that. That's your example. I did that on purpose. I did it on purpose. I did that on purpose. I did that on purpose. I did that on purpose. But uh, but no, I think people from the Bay are just a little sharper than LA because LA, I think, gets cut a lot of slack for no reason just because it's LA. What do you mean? Like I know LA will chew you up and spit you out. We, we created we created the sound we, no you didn't uh, la has its own set like you could tell norcal music and socal music from a mile away i mean i'm not saying i like y'all music is cool but you, there's nothing you don't did not create sound over here it sounds different it's just different i promise you, you the, bay, the, bay, the bay area is behind the la sound Promise you. Okay. Well, I just let you have that. So yeah, we're gonna let you have that. Just do it like Nike. I don't care. Just uh, <laughs> see, that's that LA shit. Corny jokes is like what? <laughs> no, but you know what kills me? A lot of people from the Bay think that people from LA are so fake and stuff. But I'm like, half of the people, first of all, that live in LA are transplants, so they're not even LA natives. So y'all are over here talking about. LA this, LA that. Half the people are from like random ass states like Arkansas and like trying to chase a dream. Right. And they're not, and and, and then, you know, in that process, it's kind of giving us a, a look as if we're. Oh, look, I don't hate for- LA. I used to live in LA. I used to work in LA. I did the whole LA dance for like two, three years. I love LA. But I'm just saying people from the Bay are a little like just, we got, I don't know. Let me stop. No, I want okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe off camera. We just need to talk about this a little more. Shop shopping. Um, but I like LA though. I've lived and just for reference, I lived in DC, lived in LA, I lived in New York, I lived in the Bay, obviously. I feel like Chicago's the only big city I haven't really lived in. Um and uh and yeah, so I've been around. You know what I'm saying? I met LA people in all these different places and Bay people, all that shit. So so yeah. Um again, so all these places that I've been to, it just reminds me of where I'm from, who I am. It's how I coined the term Beijing. Um, when I went from California to Virginia, one of the first things about being a California kid was just that we had better weed, right? So that was kind of my entry to the cannabis industry. Um, I used to kind of like um interstate kind of traffic, just weed. Uh, we were like one of the first ones to do it back in those days when the prices were crazy. Um I started a couple of businesses at school, um, started a clothing brand. I was like, before, like everybody had a clothing brand. Um, <laughs> and we also started like a hookah lounge all off the money that we made from like, you know what I'm saying, from the weed. <clears throat> we contracted with the school, we had a bunch of events. So that was like my little scrimmage for like entrepreneurship. Then when I left Hampton, I didn't finish, I actually dropped out like my senior year because they were all some bullshit. Um, and I was just seeing how it was affecting people. I would say the most valuable thing I got from Hampton was the network. Cause I just met people from places that I had never been to that I wouldn't have mm-hmm. met if I never left like the East Bay, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so I was able to move to LA um, and I was blessed to be a part of Revolt. I was able to be like an editor at Revolt when they launched, I was a part of the launch team at Revolt. So I was able to work with a lot of artists and like people in media. I remember when I first met Diddy, I was like literally like looking like like where are the horns on this man's head? Like, like, how, like he's just a regular ass person. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And then from there, I worked at Hip Hop DX. They were also in Hollywood. I helped them launch their visual media, um, visual media department. So like, they flew us out to South by. We interviewed a lot of artists that were on to come up at the time. We got behind the scenes. We were in a lot of different places. So that was like my entry to the music. And then the whole time, I had the clothing brand from Hampton mm-hmm. that I brought to LA. It's called Oasis, and uh, we got on Karma Loop. We had like international orders, like in Singapore and shit. That was really cool. Wow. Um, and yeah, I was helping my uncle out. He lived in LA. I was helping him with his company at the time, just using my brain to help them um, with like their property management kind of like platform. And then I moved to New York after that. I took everything I got in LA and just took that to New York. And I was working with Karma Loop TV in their media department. So at the time I was, I was working under a guy named Shami. And they were working with a lot of cool artists. He still shoots a lot of people's videos today. And when I was living in New York, that's when I realized, like, because of how I grew up, I feel like I've grown up with, like, a lust. 
not a lust, but appreciation for like finer things. Like I like nice shit now. Mm-hmm. Um, and New York is like, I saw a lot of that. And mm-hmm. I realized I'm not going to get that trying to like just live this creative life, right? Like, mm-hmm. like that shit ain't cheap. It ain't cute to be trying to be creative and struggling. Like, I don't want to be a starving creative or a struggling artist. That's not my, that's not my lane. You know what I'm saying? So, and I have a business mind, right? Like, um, not only am I from the Bay, but I'm Igbo and I'm from Africa, right? So that's like, mm-hmm. just like, you know, that's unique. What, exactly. And um, your destiny. <laughs> so I went back to the Bay and I took all my experiences in the underground cannabis industry and started a cannabis company called High Speed. Um, and we launched um, July 2015 and um, in Oakland. And uh, it was great. Like the first six months was really cool. It was a tech facing platform, e-commerce driven again before like where we are now. And um, yeah, we had a launch party. Our ethos was like to not be Chichen Chongi. Um, and we had happy customers and everything. But like at the end of that first six months, I kind of wasn't happy with the growth. Cause I'm just like, I'm in Oakland. Like, even though it's like forward thinking, like it's still Oakland. So it's like, weed ain't new here. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing new. So that's when I took the company to DC in January, 2016. And at the time in DC, the laws were so different. Like they had just legalized in DC, but it was like, had weird framework. Like you could use cannabis, you could transport it, you could possess it, you could consume it, you could, uh, you could travel with it as long as you're over the age of 21, but you couldn't sell it. Um, and I'm like, this is the nation's capital. Like, what the fuck? Like, but if I figure out how to like work this loophole here, I know that I can look back five years from now and like be like, yo, you've like made an impact. So what we did was to get around that law, um, we would buy like these companies, like super, super expensive, like cold press juices, like the $12 ones. And then we would like resell their product for like 300 bucks and give away the weed for free. And the company blew up like this writer ordered from us. And he didn't tell us that he was a writer because we would have given him free product. And he wrote a whole ass article about his experience and the shit went viral. And like the next day we were like on Worldstar, Fox 5 News. They came to our office trying to ask questions and the shit blew up. We did like 4 million in like two and a half years. We expanded to Boston, New York. Um, all bootstrapped, no investors, no funding, yeah. straight out the mud. Team. Wait, like so I'm still trying to understand like your model. So you bought cold pressed juices and you j- literally just resold the juices and attached your weed to it? Literally. You could like literally Google it. I'll, um, I'll send a video in this link. There's a new delivery service in town seeking to capitalize on Initiative 71. The measure passed last February, which says you can use, buy, and grow marijuana in the district, but not sell it. This new business delivers high-quality juices, which can come with a gift of marijuana on the side. Fox Hive's Jennifer Davis joins us live with the story. Jenny. Hi there, Tony. Well, the owner of High Speed Delivery says he is not trying to break the law. In fact, he says he consulted with several lawyers in an attempt to figure out how to operate what he calls a socially conscious business within the constraints of this new law. These days, when it comes to deliveries in the district, you can now order more than just pizza and Chinese food. High Speed is a juice delivery startup operating within the confinements of Initiative 71 here in Washington, D.C. We're a juice delivery startup, and every order of juice comes with a gift of cannabis. 25-year-old CEO David Ume started his company in Oakland, California, and came to D.C. in late January to test out the market. In no time, his client list has grown to more than 300 customers. People would be definitely surprised where they come from. I think it's, it's safe to say that the demographic, the major demographic of our customers are, are completely opposite than the people who, get, uh, who are considered offenders of the law. He says 74% of his orders come from Northwest, about 20% from the Capitol Hill area, and the rest from around the city. Customers can choose from Just Juice for $11. A designation called Love costs $55, and Lots of Love has a price tag of $150. Ume says in addition to the juice, the size of the cannabis gift varies, but is generally about an eighth of an ounce. We're going through hundreds of juices a week. 
Ume says he realizes he's taking a risk by entering into this arena, since others who've tried, like Kush gods, have run into trouble with police. But he says he is excited to be a trailblazer. If the, my goal is to figure out how to do it creatively within the law to make an impact, I feel like they put in this gray framework to see who can creatively like facilitate that space and not like be a harm or threat to society. That's where we want to. That's that's where we want to hone in on. So the website DCS did a story on the company today, and reaction was big. Customers actually bought everything he had in stock, guys. So wow. he has to replenish, and he says he'll have more on Wednesday. Wow. Here's how it works. I wanted to. We have very fancy glasses here. <laughs> okay. um, so what he stressed is. There is no marijuana in the juice. Okay. This is just juice. He partners with juice companies. Okay. The marijuana then comes in a bag like this, which he says is a gift. And, uh, you know, he says he's trying to do this the legal way. The juices are cold-pressed. They're supposed to be the fancy upscale juices. Healthy. Healthy stuff. And then this is the gift on the side. Okay, very interesting. It'll be able to see if he can skirt the law that the Kush gods could not maneuver around. And by the way, let me ask you, his last name is Ume, same as our morning We did anger. want to say no relation to Maureen, just okay. a coincidence. Also, we should mention uh, there's no marijuana in that bag. There is, <laughs> there is none. It's, it's just for looks. Just yes. for looks. All right. All right. Thank yeah. you very much. Jen, thank you. I will keep my juice. Thank you. <laughs> They were so hella scared. Like, no, they were and I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna take that interview. They were like blowing our, our email, our phone up, our, our, our office up, and like I knew that if I didn't do the interview, they would have made me paint me out to be like the, they would have painted me out to be like a demon, like straight demon. Yeah. And so I had to take the interview, and yo, we went from like not just three hundred customers, we had like three thousand. We made like we were making like hundred eighty thousand a month. Um, wow. in DC at the height of it. And then I became like a victim of success. You know, it got so big and it was like all like bootstrap, like, right. It was like all our cash flow, not outside money. So mm -hmm. I understood that if you're trying to really run a big business, you do have to have investors because you might grow too big to even meet up to your demand. And also I was so early in the cannabis game. It's like 2016 too. remember like it's before like cookies existed. It's before all these companies. So like they ain't not letting you. I'm getting bank accounts shut down left and right. Like I'm getting my processing fees shut down left and right. Like they're holding like $90,000 from me. And now I can't pay like my vendors or, you know what I'm saying? I got to tell my team I got to wait like a week. And, and, it, and even through all of that, like we still expanded. I went, took it to Boston. We started lobbying in New York. Like it was really a whole journey. And like everybody from my team, I've been able to put them in like dope jobs at different places. And it was a whole thing. And like, I held on as long as I could. And I might, and I still like, I still have people emailing every day, like begging for the product, but now they want us to like ship it to like Florida, ship it to all these places. Like they basically want me to be illegal as shit, but I'm trying to like think for my future self and like, and like kind of pull back a little bit because I have my time with that. I already made history. Like so many companies like copied us, followed our footsteps, tried to do the same thing. So like, I feel accomplished, you know what I'm saying? Right. Hey, Gems. Loving the episode so far? You can also watch us live in video form on our YouTube channel. Head over to the First Gems page to check us out now. Now let's get right back into the combo. Why did you mm -hmm. stop doing that? Um, again, so like when the payment, it was really, the, we never had an issue with customers. Like we always had that demand. Never had an issue with supply, right? From California. But that, in, that middle process has, is like the biggest hurdle with the cannabis industry, payments. Like, I did not want to run a cash business. You know what I'm saying? Especially with all the money we were dealing with. Like, I didn't want to run a cash business. I wanted to run like a, like a, like a forward-thinking joint. But like, PayPal don't let you process cannabis payments. Even though I was using like the juices, they like, ain't no way you're making this much money off of juices. Um, when it, uh, Stripe, they banned us once we got like too big on their platform. Every platform that we switched to, they just, they just... I don't want to call it Hayden, but, yeah. you know. They didn't support it. Yeah, they didn't support it. So, like, again, and High Speed has paid the bills, like, for me as I'm, like, kind of, like, moving into this new business. Oh, and also, too, um, the juice companies started hating on us, too. And um, they were like, yo, they're seeing, like, their product on the news and stuff. So I actually started a juice company um, mm -hmm. as a result of that called Capital Juice. And Capital Juice, people started liking Capital Juice just as on its own, like in Capital Juice, like it was in stores like across the country. I'm actually waiting to hear back from Whole Foods 
trying to get into Whole Foods is like trying to get into Harvard. So it's like, you really got to like, it's a whole ass process. They got like round submission and I should be hearing back like sometime in this May, but like if Capital Juice gets into Whole Foods, it'll truly be like full circle. Cause I had no intention of starting a juice company, you know? Yeah. And uh, it was just a result of this, like this weird law. But, um, but we'll see. I think everything ultimately always does come full circle as corny and cliche as that sounds. I do think that there's, all, there's like a, there's, there's always like a light at the end of the tunnel. So my story is still being like written in real time. So I can't give you all the answers, you know? Wow. There's an elephant in the room to address. Like, let's talk about the culture. So I could imagine turning on the five o'clock news and being like, is that not so, 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 so. <laughs> Yo, it's crazy. That was that was the turning point in my me and my parents' relationship too. So let's talk about that. What? How did that conversation get brought up at dinner? Um, so I was already out of the house at that point, right? I'm like 25 at the time, 26. Mind you, they know what I've been building before. That like at least hip to it, but they can't really support how they like will support like my sister in medical school. Not only, not only do they know more about like medical, like just like have more examples, but they don't know mm-hmm. anything about marijuana. They don't know that the Bay area is like the Mecca of like all cannabis in the world. They think marijuana is crack. You know what I'm saying? They, they, not, they didn't come to this country to smoke weed. Like, um, yeah, no, like they, so they, my parents really weren't in full. And even before that, like I'm on some, like some media creative shit. They're just like, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And, um, <laughs> but like, once the shit hit the news, like they had people calling them, you know what I'm saying? And like, people were reaching out to them. So it wasn't even that I wasn't at the dinner table. They were at the dinner table with their, with themselves and people reaching out to them. And that's kind of, well, for my mom, my mom always fake believed in me though. Like she always like, even though she was a little concerned, she always believed in me, but my dad, he was concerned and he didn't believe in me. You know what I'm saying? But like, now it's like a conversation. It's like my relationship with him is like, he respects the shit out of me. Like, I know, I know that I can like, influence the decision that he does you know what i'm saying like so that changed everything honestly i got thank god for that it changed the whole dynamic of our relationship it, that nothing's been the same since 2015 that's what's up yeah they're that's not going to respect you to give them a reason to pretty much yeah. <laughs> we're, we're talking about that nigerians are very like results driven too like they you could tell them all your plans and all these things lay out the whole blueprint and it's <laughs> It's not in within their traditional model then. Yeah, like now I'm like, now they're like, oh yeah, David, business mind. David, uh, David, David, yeah. what should we do about this? David, what should we do? Now, now it's like that. For yeah. real. It is like that now. Because they see the results. They yeah, see they the like, results. my dad, he, yeah. my dad's a whole different person now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think at a certain age, your your parents just, um, they come around, like they, the conversations are different and it's, it's kind of, it's really eye-opening too because, your whole life growing up, you see them as like uh, an authoritative figure as you as you should. But the conversations just end up being different. Like they became more your friend. You can talk to them about anything and you you start to look at them as just a person instead of your parent. I think that's really interesting. It's a part of growth and um, it's motivating, really, because you just want to keep doing more to make them proud or to, you know, include them. Whereas before you just be trying to like hop, skip around them, make different moves because you don't want to disappoint them. But at the same time, it's like you have to walk your own path. Of course, they want the best for you, but you have to walk your own path. I remember my dad was going to a funeral in Nigeria for my uncle thing like two or three, two or three, two or three years ago. And, uh, you know, he kind of like subtly asked me if I could come. Even though I was like across the country, he knew I was busy doing blah, 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 blah. And I pulled up and like, he was so like appreciative of that. And like everybody around him was like, damn, David came by himself. Like, mm-hmm. what does he do? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is he, <laughs> you know? And it was just, I know it was a proud moment for him. Cause he's like, damn, I don't got to buy my son ticket to go to come with me to Nigeria. Like, this is what I'm, this is, this is what it's all about. You know what I'm saying? So it's, that's like real graduate. I didn't finish school, but like, that's like graduation for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was like my graduation. You know what I'm saying? Were they? I look at my businesses as like my grad, my degrees too. Like I feel like those two businesses were like my bachelor's and my master's, and like what I'm working on now is like my PhD. Is there still any uh, talk from your parents about completing your education, or are they kind of just they're good? Um, um, I mean, 
honestly, if I get to where I want to be at a certain point in time, I might go back to school just to complete it because I do have dreams sometimes of being like a diplomat. I, I could mm-hmm. see being like a diplomat, like just like working with other countries and like that sounds dope to me. Um, yeah. But uh, but they're not pressing me to go back to school. They they feel like I've come too far with what I'm doing to like. They don't feel like it's a must unless like I'm dead serious. And then plus my sister, she's like she took that route. She yeah. she made them happy in that route. Yeah. And I it's not like I don't like learning. You know what I'm saying? Learning doesn't stop in school at all. It really just depends on what you're trying to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's part of why I moved to Chicago too to like continue my learning, meet new people. Chicago is like super like professional city. So like I'm just. I'm like the only entrepreneur in my circle out here. So that's like good for me. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, I, I honestly hate entrepreneurship. Like right now, I feel like the term is like, just use like, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, I don't want to be an Instagram entrepreneur. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, so I do hate the term entrepreneur and I'm appreciative that I'm like meeting people who are like in other things and it helps me to like dream bigger. For like well, it kind of sounds like you're more a solopreneur too. Solopreneur? Mm, that's another term. There's entrepreneur, entrepreneur, and then solopreneur. I assume that means by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not by myself at all. Oh, you're not? Oh, okay. I can't say anything I've done has been by myself. I'm yeah. definitely the visionary on the projects that I lead. But mm-hmm. I, just, I actually just did a headcount like yesterday for like what I'm working on now. And like the grand team is like, we're at like 17 people. Oh, okay. So it's like nothing is just dolo. That's yeah. It. But I, yeah, for real. But you have to you have to be able to go dolo to attract the people though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Say that again for the people because that is so true. <laughs> you gotta be willing to go, but they're not gonna respect you if you're not willing to do it alone. Yeah. Right. Even with high speed, like the team when I first I remember when I first came to DC, my boy Jamil was supposed to pick me up. He was I don't know what he was doing, he's on some bullshit. My boy Ev came through and got me. And then we started cooking, not food. We started just like I told him what I was, what, I, what my goals were. Before you knew it, it was like eight of us at the table. You know what I'm saying? And then after the shit went viral, it was like twenty of us. Like so, yeah. They were. It's, you have to start solo, but yeah, yeah. Because people like to also like be a part of something. Everybody so as long as, yeah, if people want to be a part of something. So it's up to you to have the courage and the confidence to actually like start doing something and then people be like oh wow like he's actually doing it that's dope let me let me you know like it's so crazy like through high speed like like i didn't seem i didn't help people get married like like me and my boy ev was just talking about the other day like yo for like it was like just three years straight we had like no worries yeah no worries like a whole team of like damn near 20 people we had no worries everybody's paid fed making people happy like she was lit you know she was lit um yeah she's yeah yeah Yeah, that's awesome so going back to you traveling back home do you get to go to nigeria often or do you go to other you travel like overseas at any point are you just um no i definitely like to travel i feel like it feeds my creativity um do you want to like know where i've been no, well, asking like, do you go home to Nigeria often? Like, oh, oh, um, so I go to Nigeria like in the last ten years. I've been in Nigeria like maybe three or four times. Um, I want to, I want to like do stuff in Nigeria though, but I just feel like I gotta fully crack it out here before I just take my talents to Nigeria. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not just trying to pull up to Nigeria. Like, hey, I'm here. Like, I'm trying to pull up to Nigeria. Like, hey, let's do something. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm getting to that point. I can see myself doing that in this decade. Yeah, um, yeah definitely Nigeria is always going to be a place of interest, for sure. Do you guys go to Nigeria and, and do stuff too? Yes, yeah. we do. Uh, I mean, I've only, honestly, I've, I've only been there once. <laughs> like, yeah. no, I like the, the, the wanting. It was the, it was no, the wanting. yeah, I've been there once um, in my life and, you know, I loved it and like just just being able to say that I've experienced that part of my identity is amazing. And I do also like have an urge to get like be give back in a way to, you know, mm-hmm. Nigeria. I just don't know exactly how or like how I would navigate that, even though like we have family out there. So it should be a little bit easier. But just even trying to think about like all the 
like political stuff, the infrastructure, yeah. the the economic struggles, like it's a little bit intimidating. So I think for me, just like trying to figure out like for one, what I can do and what I can bring to the table that could like be transformative in a way um, for for Nigeria. No, that makes sense. I, I feel like I'm the same way, right? Like, and Nigerians aren't dumb by any means. Yeah, they just don't got all the infrastructure or all the bread. So it's like, I got to pull up either with bread or some enough bread to do something about the infrastructure or both, you know? Sometimes the stubbornness gets in the way as well Uh in things. Uh, We were out there, not this last time, but another time, like we pull up with so many, I mean, obviously these were (laughs) ideas, like we put up with ideas because we just started identifying all the things that could be like better, like even just within like Abriba, right? And then we like talked to one of our relatives and it was just kind of like, well, it is what it is. Good luck trying to do that type of mentality. So I think that's another like um, tough egg to crack to break through um but obviously when you break through that you you can make things shake but my dream was like um my dream was like once i like once i like hit my home run out here to make a film that kind of like embodies like my experience here but then like kind of like embodies like nigerian experience and then like I want to create like a cinematic Nollywood film. I feel like that'd be the perfect entrance into like. Yeah. Nigeria. yeah that would be that would be amazing. Yeah, that's like that's, that's like my dream. And my cousin out there actually gave me a script two years ago, and I got the script now. It, it could use some work, but it's a whole ass script though. You know what I'm saying? It's like the movie Crash, but like mm-hmm. Nigerian version. But um, but I definitely like want to like work on it. But I definitely see myself like I feel like a film would be a great way to kind of just like open that door, you know? Yeah. 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 You actually can clarify, you said you were an editor at Revolt. Was that video editing? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I see, now I see like how like the film kind of comes into play. So I just want to clarify that. I I just love like, and I hate, I hate the word art right now too. I love art, right? Like I just, I love like, I love, uh, I love the ability to tell a story through like visual, just through like visual, visual senses. And I think it's just the easy way to like grasp like a concept or a message for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, this was so amazing. Um, we are nearing our time here. So does anybody have anything they want to ask David before we get into the gym? So every episode, we usually drop a gym for our listeners. Like everyone goes around and says something insightful um based on based on what we discussed so um i'll let i'll let any of you ladies ask anything else before we move on to that portion if you want it no i don't think we have any questions because we could talk all day honestly and david i mean just personally watching your growth as like that cousin over there doing something but i don't really know i think it was really great to have this conversation and really get your perspective um, because it's not easy being one, the oldest child, two, the trailblazer of the family, and three, like the creative, if we say. So definitely tough. For really sure. happy to have, have had you here. So and i honestly you dropped a lot of gems, a lot of free games. Yeah. Sure. We're just gonna have to pick it up. But yeah, let's drop some gems. Yeah. And I, I do wanna say though, and I think it's amazing too how you've been able to like kind of just move to different states and like do your thing because for me I would love to like up and move to New York but I'm like I don't know where am I gonna go like you know so yeah. I think it's really you'd be, cool, you'd like, be surprised you'd be surprised that like everything about you is like what that place needs right like all all it's just you that's all you bring to the table yourself you know what I'm saying that's enough for somebody to want to talk to you give you an opportunity like you just gotta yeah yeah it's, it's, it's not there's no magic to it yeah that was the gym right there. Right. <laughs> Is that your gym? <laughs> um, all right. So does anybody want to go first? So what gym would you drop for our listeners, our viewers, based on what we talked about today? We talked about a lot of really good stuff. So You know, what? I really liked what David said about doing things dolo. Like just, I mean, you got to be your starting point. Um and sometimes if you want stuff to get done, you just got to get do it yourself. You can't rely on anybody else really but yourself. Like you wake yeah. up and look at 
yourself every day. You can't give yourself excuses. You can't. And it sounds so simple, but it's always easier said than done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For sure. I would say definitely that there's a creative solution to anything you want to do because with your story of high speed, like you could have easily been like, oh, well, the loss is X, Y, Z. So oh, how am I going to even make a business out of this? You know, but yeah. So being able to kind of just have a creative perspective on like, well, you know, technically I could still do it this way. And it's still like within, you know, the parameters that I've been given. So just thinking about like any business venture that people want to start, if it seems like there's a law or like a rule that can kind of stifle what you want to do, there's always a creative way or like perspective sure. or route that you could take to, um, to especially now, it. like, like, I hate to go back to the crypto thing, but like, what is, what is digital currency? Like that was not a thing like 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, be creative. Like your life depends on it. You know what I'm saying? Right. 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 Yeah. That's my gym um, right there. That's my gym yeah, right there. Put that on the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I totally forgot. I was about to go in. Um, but Kalaria definitely that was mine. I was gonna say that. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but Anna, you could go. I'm, I'm gonna rethink of mine. Well, I thought she went already. Me? <laughs> she did not she did not go she oh. Not, okay oh i have it i have it so don't be afraid to make really bold goals and i feel like a lot of people get caught up in their little bubble of where they feel comfortable i i, I feel like i'm one of those people sometimes like i'll make goals that i know that are easy to um to achieve but it's really all about like setting the bar high for yourself because you can do it there's always like kalaria said like david said there's always a solution there's always a way that you can get to that point but don't be afraid to break the boundary and just aim high because when you aim high you're gonna get you know Higher results. Uh, it's funny all the all the cli- all the cliche shit really works if you apply it. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's another gem. <laughs> I know. I, like, I got gym. Gym. I'm, a, I'm a walking gem. You feel me? Like that's just. Weird. We see. We see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. We'll let Anna go before we. So I actually stole this from somewhere. I had this <laughs> encrypted on my iPad growing up. But it was my life is my message. So really letting your life be your message. I really loved hearing the inside scoop of what you shared, David, because it really does put everything in perspective as far as like what you've been able to accomplish and who you are today really stems from where we come from and where our parents, you know, as the genesis of our story. So letting your life and your truth, like tell your story and share that with other people. So thank you for that. Like, I loved it. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad um, I was able to share my screen and give y'all like the insight to um, to the journey. You know what I mean? As far as a gem that I have, only thing I would say for the audience and listeners is just don't try to be like, don't literally try to be like anybody else. Just understand, just understand that everybody goes through the same doubts. The same fucking every everybody goes through all that shit that you think that you're dealing with by yourself. Everybody goes through that from our parents to fucking every it's a human thing. You know what I'm saying? So just keep that in mind. That should help. I love that. Because even Beyonce, I'm sure, be down herself every now and then. But, you know, yeah, I mean, even even now, recently, I know she been she posts a lot more on Instagram now. She probably be like, am I oversharing? Like, I know she. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like, I think everybody goes through this shit. You know what I'm saying? Especially as you get older, too, because that's another thing, too. Don't think you're too. Don't think you're don't think you're too special because, like, there's so many people out in this world. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, yes, you are special, but, like, keep it in perspective, like. Keep it pushing. You know what I'm saying? There's so many people in this world, y'all. So biggest question here is how can um, people who are watching this, listening to this, how can they connect with you? How can they find you? Um, what are some upcoming things that you'd like to promote? Um, so I've been kind of like in stealth mode, um, especially like on like social media and stuff, only because like I'm working on this goal right now to close this round of funding for this new project. And um but once I once I close that, I'm gonna be kind of like more like social. 
And my socials are just all the same. Amazing Grace. Just my last name, Ume, Z-I-N-G-R-A-C. And um, I'm going to start like a newsletter just to keep people like in tune with what I'm, what I'm up to. But uh, until then, you could just follow me on that. Awesome. Subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys heard of Substack? Mm-hmm. No. I'm gonna put y'all on. It's like it's a, it's a cool way to like have a newsletter, and they let you have like paid subscriptions too. So it's kind of cool. Oh, what is it called? Sub what? Substack. Substack. It's like the new wave, low key. I'm a sucker for things like that, like new apps, new marketing stuff. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, you guys read the description. Like, what I'm working on is kind of like, um, it's like literally like you know how people like love sports and stuff. You know, yeah, you, know, yeah. like, you know people like do like fantasy sports and like fantasy like they bet on sports like crazy so i'm yeah doing that for music i'm letting people bet on music and like oh. we're, turn, we're turning like all music metrics into like an index where you can trade on it so like you can trade on chart position for wow trade on you can trade on whether you think an artist is going to be featured on a project or you can trade on whether you think an artist is going to win an award or you can trade on a song an artist is going to play at a at a show so like that's literally what we're working on right now why didn't we talk more about this (laughs) (laughs) wait so I mean, we still can, and we. Can no, 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 no. We gotta save. We gotta save some for save something for down the line. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, that was just a little foreshadow. Okay. okay. Oh, so you, you know, there's gonna be a part two. You already know there's gonna be a part. <laughs> Plus, Anna told me I'll have another call too, so I don't want to take up all your time. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We'll definitely. We'll probably reconnect with you and on on that. But what's the name of it? Just so that people know that they've heard it here first, because we ain't never heard of anything else like that before. So cloudy, huh? cloudy, cloudy, cloudy. cloudy? Yeah. Okay. Because like I feel like you're pretty. Like when I think of cloudy, when I think of the clouds, I'm like I think of like a weather person like forecasting. Like yeah, it's gonna be cloudy for like the next like you know three days with a chance of rain. And we're doing the same thing for music. Like yeah, I think this project is gonna do this, and it's yeah. gonna have a chance of that. And uh, and then also to the word clout, because like as much as people hate the word clout and clout chase and all that shit, yeah. it really does matter. Like yeah, you're yeah. nobody, you're nobody if you don't have no clout. Like I'm sorry, yeah, exactly. But it's, it's just it is what it is. Well, you're somebody, but you're nobody to the public. You're nobody, and anyone knows. Well, yeah. I mean, fuck, fuck, um, <laughs> fuck, like music and all that shit. Even you think about school, right? Like if I went to Yale there is a certain level of clout that comes with that, right? Yeah. Even if you're from like a certain neighborhood, if I'm from like, y'all from LA, so you're from like 60s, mm-hmm. there's a certain level of clout that comes with like everything, even being from Aberba, like there's a certain yeah. level of clout that comes from that, right? Like the culture yeah. is so funny because like we, we we really remix words that like are, it's just funny, but yeah, yeah. So that's part of the name, like cloudy for the weather than clout like that, like. So yeah. that's cool. it could be an app or like a browser like so a- right now it's just a web app we're in beta we have about five thousand users but we are gonna um make it an app available on android and ios yeah all right y'all thank you for listening to this week's episode of the first gems podcast To stay up to date on what's going down here at TFG, connect with us on all socials at The First Gems. Until next time, y'all.